0: Hello, this is Jeff Windsor, and this is Lucky Words, a podcast where we talk about culture, art, and a good deal of poetry. Ideally, all while we're outdoors doing something cool. Right now, I am recording from right outside the Provo Airport. There is a, uh, a road that wraps around right between the airport and Utah Lake, And you can come out here and see an excellent selection of birds. I have been out for the past, oh, I don't know, 30 minutes or so looking at some birds. Let's see, what have I seen? Western Meadowlark, Canada Goose, of course, Killdeer, some Starlings, Mallards, Coots. I saw Northern Harrier some red-winged blackbirds, cinnamon teal, magpie, song sparrow, yellow-headed blackbird, couple of ravens, a bunch of northern rough-winged swallows, uh, a lesser scalp, and I think a juvenile goldeneye. I'm stopped here in the middle, and I will see what else I can see, but right now it's so windy, I had to get in the car and roll up all the windows or else you wouldn't have been able to hear anything in the recording, just the sound of the wind howling. There's white caps on the lake and uh, I'm guessing it's probably 12, 15 knots of wind. I have a poem today, which is perfect for an April day where the weather has been all over the place. Yesterday it was beautiful and warm and sunny, and today it is overcast and windy. This is Robert Frost's Two Tramps in Mud Time. Out of the mud, two strangers came and caught me splitting wood in the yard, and one of them put me off my aim by hailing cheerily, Hit him hard! I knew pretty well why he had dropped behind, and let the other go on away. I knew pretty well what he had in mind. He wanted to take my job for pay. Good blocks of oak it was I split, as large around as the chopping block. And every piece I squarely hit fell splinterless as a cloven rock. The blows that a life of self-control spares to strike for the common good. That day, giving a loose my soul, I spent. "'on unimportant wood. "'The sun was warm, but the wind was chill. "'You know how it is with an April day "'when the sun is out and the wind is still. "'You're one month on in the middle of May. "'But if you so much as dare to speak, "'a cloud comes over the sunlit arch, "'a wind comes off the frozen peak, "'and you're two months back in the middle of March.' A blue bird comes tenderly up to alight, and turns to the wind to unruffle a plume, his song so pitched so as not to excite a single flower as yet to bloom. It is snowing a flake, and he half knew winter was only playing possum, except in color he isn't blue, but he wouldn't advise a thing to blossom. The water, for which we may have to look in summertime with a witching wand, in every wheel ruts now a brook, in every print of hoof a pond. Be glad of water, but don't forget the lurking frost in the earth beneath that will steal forth after the sun is set and show on the water its crystal teeth. The time when most I love my task, the two must make me love it more by coming with what they came to ask. "'You'd think I'd never felt before "'the weight of an axe-head poised aloft, "'the grip of earth on outspread feet, "'the life of muscles rocking soft "'and smooth and moist in vernal heat. "'Out of the wood two hulking tramps "'from sleeping God-knows-where last night, "'but not long since in the lumber camps. "'They thought all chopping was theirs of right. "'Men of the woods and lumberjacks, "'they'd judge me by their appropriate tool.' "'except as a fellow handled an axe they had no way of knowing a fool. "'Nothing on either side was said. "'They knew they had but to stay their stay, "'and all their logic would fill my head. "'As I had no right to play with what was another man's work for gain, "'my right might be love, but theirs was need, "'and where the two exist in twain, theirs was the better right, agreed.' but yield who will to their separation. My object in living is to unite my avocation and my vocation as my two eyes make one in sight. Only where love and need are one and work is play for mortal stakes is the deed ever really done for heaven and the future's sakes." I've loved that poem ever since I was a boy. And when my mother used to drive me places, one of the cassette tapes we had was Robert Frost reading his own poetry. And that might be the beginning of my real love affair with poetry, was hearing him reading it and hearing his voice and his cadence. I can't hear that poem, even when I'm reading it, without hearing an echo of Frost's voice in the background, in the back of my mind. Conceptually, while there's much to love about the imagery of the poem, I like the rhythm and rhyme of the poem. It flows well. Plus, Frost, of course, has such a great use of the vernacular, just a natural-sounding voice. It's the last stanza that does it for me, where he says, "'But yield who will to their separation.' My object in living is to unite my avocation and my vocation as my two eyes make one in sight. I am so lucky that I get to stand in front of a group of students and read poems with them and talk about them and hear their thoughts and share my thoughts. That really is something that I obviously do for pleasure since I'm doing this podcast. And I get paid to do it, which is just a pure joy. I get to unite my vocation and my avocation. But there is, of course, the other side of things as well, that I I wish I could do more things outdoors, which is very much an avocation for me. Whether it's walking on trails or fishing or looking at birds or climbing on things, I wish that I could find some way that I could make some money doing that too, make that part of my avocation also a vocation. I wish there was a way that I could take everything in my life. But of course, in that case, I'd be paid for being a father and being a husband. I'd be paid for going to church, and I'd be paid for sitting around reading books. I suppose, actually, it's probably good that some things I don't get paid for that I do just for the sheer pleasure of it. So perhaps my object is not to unite my vocation and my avocation, but just to make the things that I get paid to do things that I love to do. But I do want to save some things as completely outside of any monetary compensation, just to do it only because I love it. That sounds pretty good to me. You know, it is a long one, but it's so good, I'm going to read it one more time. Robert Frost's Two Tramps in Mud Time Out of the mud, two strangers came and caught me splitting wood in the yard, and one of them put me off my aim by hailing cheerily, hit him hard. I knew pretty well why he had dropped behind and let the other go on away. I knew pretty well what he had in mind. He wanted to take my job for pay good blocks of oak it was I split, as large around as the chopping block, and every piece I squarely hit fell splinterless as a cloven rock. The blows that a life of self-control spares to strike for the common good. That day, giving a loose my soul, I spent on unimportant wood. The sun was warm, but the wind was chill. You know how it is on an April day when the sun is out and the wind is still? You're one month out in the middle of May. But if you so much as dare to speak... A cloud comes over the sunlit arch. A wind comes off a frozen peak, and you're two months back in the middle of March. A bluebird comes tenderly up to a light and turns to the wind to unruffle a plume. His song so pitched, so as not to excite a single flower as yet to bloom. It is snowing a flake, and he half knew winter was only playin' possum. Except in color, he isn't blue, but he wouldn't advise a thing to blossom. The water, for which we may have to look in summertime with a witching wand, in every wheel ruts now a brook, in every print of the hoof a pond. Be glad of water, but don't forget the lurking frost in the earth beneath that will steal forth after the sun is set and show on the water its crystal teeth. The time when I most love my task, the two must make me love it more by coming with what they had to ask. "'You'd think I'd never felt before the weight of an axe-head poised aloft, "'the grip of earth on outspread feet, "'the life of muscles rocking soft and smooth and moist in vernal heat. "'Out of the wood two hulking tramps from sleeping God-knows-where last night, "'but not long since in the lumber camps. "'They thought all chopping was theirs of right. "'Men of the woods and lumberjacks, they judge me by their appropriate tool. "'Except as a fellow handled an axe, they had no way of knowing a fool.' Nothing on either side was said, they knew they had but to stay their stay, and all their logic would fill my head, as that I had no right to play with what was another man's work for gain. My right might be love, but theirs was need, and where the two exist in twain, theirs was the better right, agreed. But yield who will to their separation. My object in living is to unite my avocation and my vocation as my two eyes make one in sight. Only where love and need are one and the work is play for mortal stakes is the deed ever really done for heaven and the future's sakes.